feels good to be a gangster. A real gangster ass nigga plays the corn. That is gonna be the extent of like fucking music editing into my podcast. I just held the phone up to my microphone and started playing it from my phone. <laughs> I done told y'all at the beginning this ain't gonna be some polished ass, damn highly produced podcast. That was the most ghetto shit I think I could have done. <laughs> I don't know how it's gonna sound, but damn, that won't funny as fuck to me. Anyway, oh, all right. That's actually my alarm to wake up in the mornings. Gotta wake up the wake up the day, start the day, feeling like a damn gangster. So <laughs> I can't wait to hear how shitty that sounds when I post this shit. All right, this is actually my second time recording this podcast. I literally just went a hundred. No, excuse me. Yeah, I went um, an hour twelve minutes. Okay. I did 72 minutes and I fucked up something and I'm redoing it anyway. Oh guys, episode eight of the just F and send it podcast. You got me, David Baker as per usual. Um, I reckon I'm going to start the podcast with exactly what you would expect me to in uh, March 17th, 2020, the coronavirus. Holy shit, man, man, this could have played such a different way. Um, <laughs> we had the most, like the, really the most roaring economy and like most people's outlook whether you like Trump or you don't, I'm in the middle. Uh, you had a pretty good outlook on what tomorrow would bring, for the most part, the average person. And now we're all worried about getting a fucking different kind of flu. You know, my question is, I ha- I pose this question, and I want everybody to answer this question honestly. If the words coronavirus were never spoken. Now, everything was happening and what's happening now as far as the actual virus and, and what it's doing and everything. But if no one had said coronavirus, which is something new, okay? Coronavirus is actually multiple viruses, a blanket, an umbrella, if you will, of viruses, and COVID-19 is the virus. I'm sure y'all all know that because everybody is like a fucking damn expert now from watching the news for a couple weeks. But... If those words were never said, would we tank have tanked the economy, have been sheltered in place, been restaurants closed, bars closed, schools closed, businesses closed, livelihoods, some have been ruined, like perfectly healthy people, their livelihoods ruined because of this. Uh, would, we, would we be out of fucking shit tickets? Would we be out of toilet paper? Okay, would all of the damn bread and milk for our milk sandwiches be gone? Would it? Ask yourself that. Because if you say probably not, then you see that the problem isn't the virus. The problem is really, I mean, really nobody to blame but the fucking media in China. 
right? I mean, that's the way I look at it. Now, I have a different view than maybe some of you, but maybe the same as some of you. You have two models of how to handle this. We have right in front front of us right now in real time. That is the American model, what we're doing, the drastic measures we're taking. And then you have, well, I'll tell you that you got three models. You got the Chinese model and the North Korean model, which is just start killing motherfuckers. I've got it or are talking about it. Um, then you have our model, which is ruin the economy. Everybody take strip away of civil liberties, your right to assemble, your right to, uh, right to religion. You can't go to church now. Um, your, uh, right to do, uh, in some places, right to purchase firearms, um, uh, a right to buy freaking alcohol, which tonight's episode is brought to you by my favorite beer long weekend by mother earth brewery in Kenton, North Carolina. It is by far my favorite. We'll go into this beer in a little bit into it in detail, in the, the end of the podcast. I actually got a pretty cool spill on it on the last, uh, the first recording of this. Um, but your, your liberties of really making a living because some, some of these industries, people are like, they're just fucking done. Their industry, their, their livelihood is over with. Like there's no stimulus, no anything that's going to really bring them back to what they were a month ago. It's just not, is that a model that you want or like what Denmark is doing? The third model. Denmark in the UK was, but Boris Johnson probably got, you know, a billion freaking hate emails or something and threats. So he decided to go jump onto our model, but the Denmark model, what they're doing, the one model that I actually agree with from Denmark instead of their socialist economy, um, or socialist government, I should say, um, is, Hey, if you are in this target demographic, if you are 60 years old and or have underlying pulmonary and cardiac complications, health problems, underlying issues, you need to quarantine yourself. You know, we're going to help out. We're going to do what we can for y'all. Um, you know, you know, it takes a village. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen for you. But everybody else, if you're healthy, you're somewhat young let's let's keep let's keep it moving let's not tank our economy and let's let the let's not put out any mistruths of the situation at hand and go i'm actually in agreement with more with the denmark model because now look before anybody gets all mad no you're gonna fucking kill millions of people that way look my mom and my dad are both in that demographic my mom is 69 my dad's 75 my dad has uh heart complications he takes blood pressure medication he takes blood thinners he goes into afib probably which is an irregular heartbeat his heart races for no reason. It's like not a heart attack, but anyway, he goes to AFib like every other week. He's had um, inversion done to shock his heart back and stop his heart and put it back in rhythm like five or no, probably more than that. I don't even know, 10 times. Um, 
and I mean, he's a, a candidate for a pacemaker. So yeah, people that are close to me are in the demographic we're talking about. So it's not like I'm a cold hearted you know, fucker and just say to hell with them and whatever. But at the same time, I would rather do it that way. And then we don't set ourselves up for long-term hardships because that's what's kind of happening right now. So you got what we're doing right now, I believe, and I'm not an expert in this and everyone knows that, but this is just what I've heard and what I've seen and what I'm thinking is how I'm translating it. But we're hoping that, okay, we're going to shut everything down and we need one of three, if not all three things to happen. We need the summer in summer, warmer weather to kill this virus off, which we hope so, and we might get that to happen. But then why is it in Singapore and in Iran, where it's hot as Satan's ball sack right now, and they're still dying with it or whatever. But we need a cure, which I hear they're working on right now and got a good candidate. Um, I also heard that they're using the Ebola vaccine that's actually working for COVID-19 patients. So that's looking up, I guess. We got Ebola medication because of the last big scare where 12 people got fucking Ebola. Um, and uh, Or we need mass amounts of hospitals built with ICU units and mass amounts of respirators and ventilators. Or whatever they are okay we're hoping all these things i hope we can just shelter and hunker down and weather this thing out now i need someone to show me i need proof that the covid19 virus is more deadly not more infectious because we know that it's about 10 times more infectious than the normal flu i know that it's easier to get i need to know for the average age, whatever the average age person in America is, whether that's 40, whether it's 30, I don't know what the average age of the, of the American populace is. Um, I'm assuming it's sub 60. Um, if it's not, we are older than hell, but I need to, you to show me for the average person that it is more deadly than the flu because the flu be killing motherfuckers every year, like a lot, like wholesale, like I think we've already had, what? what's the number, like 15, 20,000 Americans die this year of the flu? Just here, okay? There's 327 million of us, million of us in America. There's what, six or nine, I can't remember, six or nine billion on the planet, I think six billion. Um, that's a lot of folks. We've got, what, 100 dead? 40, almost 50% of that was all the residents of one single retirement home, nursing home in Seattle. So let's put that out there. Show me who is dying. I want to know. I don't need their names. I need to know how old they are and what their previous health complications were before they died, before they contracted the virus. And, and, and really after they contracted it, if it was the virus that killed them or if pneumonia post-virus is what killed them, right? I want to know all those things. 
before I'll get on board with, okay, we're doing the right thing here. And now look, mind you, I'm not going to sit here and say Trump cooked all this up and that this was, you know, hit whatever. Here's the thing. No matter what Trump wanted, he is doing right now what he literally would have to. Could you imagine what today's media would do to that man if he was like, yeah, let's do what Denmark's doing. Let's let's take care of our elderly. Let's take care of the target, you know, group of people who this most affects, you know, the most negatively. And let's help them out. But everybody else, uh, live your day-to-day life. Stay clean. Be clean. Wash your fucking hands. Do all that. But we're not closing stuff down. You know, if the chances are, if you get this, it's going to be basically like the flu. You know, we don't have a cure for the flu. I've, I haven't gotten a flu shot since I, I think I got a flu shot the year my son was born because my wife held a gun to my head and made me do it. But since I got out of the military, I haven't gotten one. I've gotten the flu like once or twice. But the, if you get the, most of the time when you get the flu shot, it's the wrong damn strain. Like they cook up what strain they think it's going to be like six months before flu season. Like how the hell are you going to know? So that's why I don't even get it. But. You know, it. we don't have a, a yeah, Tamiflu, sure, that shortens it or whatever. But if you look, the times that I was got the flu, I apparently didn't know I had it until it was too late to take Tamiflu. So I've never been able to utilize Tamiflu. So that's, you, you, know, you can throw that out. But we don't have a cure for the flu. We don't have a cure for, cure for the fucking cold. Um, we don't have a cure for athlete's foot, apparently. Um, but, you know... Show me that more people are going to die from this if nothing is really done than the normal flu and what have already died so far, right? And then I'll get on board with all that because we've had a lot of constitutionally protected rights already pretty much shit on, right? Which, hey, it's America. We're used to it now. Um, But... Um, I just, I don't see the reason for the economy and people's, not just the economy, like with the stock market, whatever. No, I'm talking about like not Wall Street, Main Street, like people, literally Main Street in Winterville, North Carolina. I drove down it today and this is bars, restaurants, mechanic shops, uh, just, you know, whatever business, like a ghost town, like just done. These people are really getting hurt through this because we also don't know what t- when this is going to be over with, when this is going to be like, okay, it's safe to come out of your holes now, you know, so how long are they going to be able to hold that out? You know, one of the, one of the restaurants in particular, I'm this is obviously a, a microscopic sample of the overall economy, but there's a restaurant in, in town that is a oyster bar. I'm not getting takeout oysters. Nobody, you go to an oyster bar and you get them shucked and you eat till you're full. And that's part of it. I'm not getting oysters to go. Right. So it's, that doesn't, that whole like, oh, well, you can still do to go orders. and to go, That doesn't always work. You know, one's a brewery. There's no, there's no real model for that to a business model for that to survive in this type of situation we're in. But. You know, and then you've got absolute cum dumpsters like Andrew Cuomo and 
Bill de Blasio are talking about we need to nationalize these certain industries. Okay, so since we're out of toilet paper, let's wipe our ass with the Constitution. The government is not in the business of getting in business in the private market. Okay, well, first of all, ergo Obamacare and uh, all that shit. But they're wanting to take over these private uh, industries, uh, whether it be hand sanitizer or, or building respirators or, or whatever. They're, they're, you can't do that. That's not what the government does. Now, look, Bernie Sanders over here like, yeah, this motherfucker's spitting. Like, I'm liking this. And no. No, 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 you dirty socialist commie bastard. You can't do that. And that's what they're talking about doing. And and right now, they, the media's got these got this population so fucking scared that they would be like, well, hell, that's not a good idea. I mean, no, it's not a good idea. It's horrible. In fact, the private market, the civilian sector, is what's really making this whole situation stay somewhat afloat right and it's it's a sad state we're in but you got the media who is absolutely bombarding us with fear 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 look i'm more about the stomach bug that's going around here than i am coronavirus give me corona dog I'll sit here and self-quarantine and, and take my damn Tylenol to keep the fever down and, and some tissues above my nose and whatever else, all the achy stuff. You keep that stomach virus shit over there because I hate throwing up and pissing out of my ass more than anything. Like, literally, man, just go ahead and hit me square in the dick with a hammer. I'd rather you do that. Um, but, it, yeah, the media wants you to think that it's, it like, the coronavirus is like a person and it's going to like get you right now. The funny thing about all this, I believe there was an article I read on the internet that was basically titled liberals confused why they can't buy guns on the internet. Like they've been told they can <laughs> like no shit. Dumbass is what we've been saying. You don't just go out on Amazon and go get you your fucking yeet cannon and no background check, no nothing. And just like, have it mailed to your house. They don't work that way, dumbass. This is what we've been trying to tell you. And, and don't look down your nose in a year at us gun enthusiasts, people who, who buy guns, who buy ammo, who train, who compete, who just love the lifestyle because guns is my religion. You don't, don't look down your nose at us because there's a good chance that you might be looking down your nose at an empty hand when someone's coming to steal all your fucking toilet paper, all your shit tickets that you bought at damn Costco or Walmart. So you keep that in mind in a year when all this is over and in part of history. And and you know, let's keep it moving. But another thing, history will look at America and what we did and the data on how many were infected how many died, how the economy handled it versus how a country like Denmark, which is obviously a much smaller country, um, but percentages are percentages. How did Denmark handle it? And, you know, how, how many got infected and then how many of those that got infected died from it? So we're going to be able to see it. It's going to take time, but the data will be there and we'll be able to look and see who did it right basically 
And I just hope that it ain't something that is just too far gone for this economy to take a dump. Because let me tell you something right now. The hysteria, I don't know if y'all remember 09 with swine flu when when Obama was in office. And swine, swine flu killed like over 20-some thousand Americans. All right. And I don't think the damn stock market when it was in the shitter to begin with, I don't think it, it blinked. And nobody closed. Nobody, you know, damn canceled fucking precision rifle matches. Nobody, which I don't think there really were any in 09. But, um, well, other than the Sniper's Hot Cup. But uh, nobody you know, just closed down their bars, their restaurants, their schools. No, that didn't happen. And everybody just kept on going. And the world kept turning. And here, the media is telling you that the world needs to stand still and to help ensure. Because as many times as Trump sticks his foot in his own mouth and he is his own worst enemy... As bad as that is, and and, and quote-unquote unpresidential or whatever, he always had that economy to stand on. Like, hey, look, you might not like me. Check your bank account. All right, I'll see you in November. Mm, We're going to see this November what the economy looks like because if this economy, I mean, not this economy, if this election goes to uh, look at Trump's economy now, Da, 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 and it's not recovered. Oof, we might see we might see a change up, a switch up in the White House, and that's what they're counting on. Believe me, they're counting on that. And uh, let me touch. I didn't touch on this in the first recording of this. Let me just go ahead and put this out there. Assuming Joe Biden takes this election, this primary at least. I'm, and this is not anything new that I thought of that no one else has. This has actually been covered pretty extensively. It will not be in November Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. It won't be. It will be Donald Trump versus Joe Biden's running mate, his VP, because there's nobody, even as crazy as these lefty commie bastards are, there's nobody who thinks that this man is mentally able to order for more than three people at a drive-thru, much less run the, the most powerful nation in the world that the world has ever seen. They know that. They know that going into this. So they don't want, the, the left establishment doesn't want Crazy Bernie to win because, well, that's going to hit them in their pockets too. They don't want Bernie Sanders to win just as much as sane people don't want Bernie Sanders to win. But they don't want Donald Trump to win if they can put somebody else up. Well, since Joe Biden is the, I guess, the front runner right now, I promise you for the the deal with the devil that Joe Biden made to get the push after Super or right before Super Tuesday, they are going to pick, handpick his running mate. Now, I don't know if he's in on this part of it, but I guarantee you, mark my words, it is March 17, 2020. David Baker is making the prediction that in if assuming Joe Biden wins the general election and, it, and it gets in the White House, in within six months, he will be deemed unfit to serve, and he will either willingly step down because he doesn't want to get Arkansas-ed, um, or somehow there'll be some type of vote passed, and who's going to step up? 
whoever they pick to be his VP, that's who they would really want to win, right? And it may be somebody who couldn't win a general election if it was rigged for him, which is even scarier. But I'm telling you right now, I don't know if it's going to be fucking Hillary. They better hope it isn't Hillary because he, Joe Biden ain't going to win if it's Hillary. Um, look, even Democrats are sick of hearing fucking Hillary. Um, but it's, it just isn't going to happen no matter what the economy is. But if he picks someone like a fucking Kamala Harris, it won't be Bernie because they don't want Bernie. Like I said, they don't. Otherwise, they'd have pushed for Bernie Sanders to be the the primary nominee but they don't want him so they won't be him but it could be your uh, people to judge it could be your someone easily manipulated as well that's who that's who be judge running mate and that is who donald trump is really going to be running against so there's a little bit of the political talk for that something that's been on my mind all right so i got a few topics here that i need to cover again um, so while I'm driving around, I mentioned uh, before that I drive around a lot. I put about a hundred miles or so a day on my truck driving around town, um, going different job sites and, and different stuff like that, uh, during the day. And, um, I just, whenever I come up with, think of top here, something that I want to, it, or it makes me want something to talk about or something come to my mind that I want to bring up or discuss. I, I got a little notepad on my phone. I'll just put drop in little ideas for my podcast notes and topics. Um, we covered, uh, we covered the beer virus. Um, the everyday sniper, 1 million downloads. Those guys set the bar. All right. Mike and Frank, they have done an amazing job with that podcast. It it's great. They and it shows they've got a million that well now over, but they just recently ticked over that million download mark. I'm happy as shit that I got like what seventeen hundred downloads. Like I'm tickled pink with it. Um <laughs> but uh those guys um they've got a really reaching voice um and they it's well deserved. It's an awesome podcast. Can't sing the praises enough. Mike was so great. Um, I had no idea he was going to, but he gave me a really killer shout out on the, uh, pod, on the, uh, was it episode 238, the first of their two part latest episodes on spotting. Okay. That's a topic that needed to be covered. It needed to be said. So I have mentioned to you guys before to new shooters. If you're wanting to RO, do not stay away from the glass. Stay away from the spotting scopes. Do not spot because someone's score is going to be determined on your ability or inability to call hits. Okay. You don't want to cheat nobody else because you don't know what you're looking at. You don't know what a 95 grain Sierra match King looks like on a full size zip sick at a thousand yards during uh like heavy mirage. You don't want to be that guy. Don't do it. But in the journey to get to be that guy to where you can be confident in spotting uh, hits and misses. And they more so go into detail as far as spotting for a friend that's trying to gather, whether it be they're verifying dope, true in their data, uh, want to see what's something going on in their rifle, whatever. They go through a, like a protocol of what you need to do as a spotter and what you need to know, what you need to ask of your shooter before he pulls the trigger the first time. So 
it's a place to start. Um, you listen to the podcast. It does not mean you're a pro, but it is a, an amazing two-part episode um, on the subject. And there's so many uh, gems in there that you can, little nuggets that you can just keep and, and just file on the old memory bank. And it will help you progress as a spotter. So I'm sure there's probably people who can shoot well that can't spot with a shit. So there is an art to it as well. And Mike is like the wind god. Mike is like the guru of the wind. He controls the wind. He uh, he is the guy to... He is the authority on spotting, in my opinion. Um, so go give them a listen. In fact... Pause this one, go download those two, listen to them, then come back and listen to me here. Um, all right, so low development on my new Dasher barrel. I told you guys I was going to talk to you through it, or talk with you through, through it all. Um, so uh, we've got the Alpha Dasher Brass. Um I have 300, I had 300 pieces of virgin brass that I got. This is the second run of the alpha brass. And I know a couple of the guys at alpha and let me tell you, they are great people. They're great guys. And let me tell you something. If you have a problem, if you're having problems, they want nothing more than to help you figure it out, fix it. They'll walk you through everything. I know this because, uh, Tom did it with me this weekend because I was having some issues. He saw some, some in the, the six millimeter dasher Facebook group or whatever, some things out problems that I was having. So my take on them is they are a good option. It's nice brass. Lapua are gigantic shoes to fill no matter what caliber you're talking about. But in my opinion, especially the 6BR and BR variants. So obviously Dasher is a, a improved case off of the BR. And Lapua will never make Dasher brass ever. They know that people will still buy just as much BR brass to shoot Dasher as people who buy BR brass to shoot BR. Why change it up? Why change their tooling or whatever else do they got to do? I don't know all the ins and outs, what it takes to do it, but they are not going to, they're, you're, they're never going to get that, right? It's just not happening. That's really the words out of their mouth. We're never going to be producing Dasher brass. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they lied and hope they actually make it. Cause that'd be awesome. But I doubt they do. So I will say this. I'm having, and I'm not the only one that has experienced this. Believe me, I have scoured the interwebs to find out more data on this to see if I was the only asshole, if I was doing something wrong. And turns out I am not that big of an asshole. Um, I definitely experienced differences in loading from virgin to once fired. Um, also, pressure, seeing pressure in much lower charge weights um, than with Lapua. Well, that's different case capacity. That's fine. But I'm seeing differences in pressure in Virgin and, and once fired, um, bumping them to thou uh, after, after firing. 
a little bit of um, data here that I've got collected. Um, I'll say this. Now I don't. I'm also breaking in a barrel, so that's. I know that's part of it. I'm not worried about not attaining a certain speed. I just want to the speed that I did attain that where I, I wanted to be in the lower node, that 2950-ish, give or take 20 feet per second. That's where I wanted to be, but with no pressure. So Virgin Brass 32.4 gave me uh, with the 105. Now, mind you, this is a 27-inch barrel, cut barrel, uh, Rock Creek cut rifle um, with a break. 105 Burgers, Varget, CCI 450s, Alpha Brass, uh, Bullet Jump 20 Foul. That, okay, 32.5 is like the the go-to load. There's probably not a dasher shooting Lapua Brass in the world that won't shoot that well, right, That for that 29.50 node. You got guys running 33 grains going up to, you know, three tapping 3,000. Um. I got at 32.4, I got 29.54, like an SD of 10. Um, you know, decent groups. And then that's with Virgin Brass. Now, not very much after that, as far as round count. So it's not like I went, I got those speeds at uh, shots 25 and to through 30, and then shots 180 to, no 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 very close together once fired brass with 32.4 gave me like 3,000 feet per second with heavy bolt lift like not where i'm like beating it with a hammer to open the the bolt but heavier bolt lift than i want to run in a match for sure um and that's with shoulders bump to thou now, I will say I'm at like 200 rounds on the barrel now, and I found a load that I can shoot both uh, virgin and very close to it shoot once fired, and it's about a 30-ish feet per second difference. It's like, yeah, like 28 feet per second difference. So 317 in fired once fired brass, I've got 29.71 with an SD of two, and very good groups. Um, and then 31.9 in virgin brass, I get 29.43 with an SD of three. Same size groups, like 0 .3 ish, right there, 0.3s. Um, so I've got. For the war match, assuming it does not get canceled in West Virginia. Hey, kudos to West Virginia. Y'all held out the longest. Y'all are like the only place on the planet for a while that didn't get coronavirus. But y'all done fucked up and somebody kissed somebody that had coronavirus, I guess. Um, but please don't cancel that match. But for that match right now, I have 100 pieces of virgin brass. And so it'll be about 50, well, not quite 50, 50, cause I'm going to probably load up that load 31, nine in the Virgin brass and go true it. They both share the same zero. So I don't have to change anything. All I got to do is just change my speed in my Kestrel and then enroll with it. It's like a 10th difference at a thousand. So I probably could roll with not even changing nothing, but I'm anal retentive about that. I feel good knowing that I got the correct velocity in there, but, um, 
I'm going to run, I'm going to probably load up about 10 or 15 of the virgin brass truet, and then about the same number of the um, once fired brass with the 31.7 load, and then go true that. And then everything else, I'm loading the rest of the virgin with 31.9, I'm loading the rest of the once fired 31.7, and then that's when I'm shooting the match. I'll mark the brass differently the way I know that when I'm dipping into that color marker on my case head that I need to change my velocity. And, that, and I've done that before. I've done that when I got caught in the middle of two different lots of Varget. One was 30 feet per second faster than the other. So I um, uh, just put that in there and didn't skip a beat. I'm going to do the same thing here with this. But uh, I am bumping the shoulders back more. I'm bumping it like three to four thou because I'm trying to get it as close to virgin. My, my brass grew to from virgin being 1.2535 to 1.2549. No, that's not right. No, three nine. Three nine. So uh, I bumped I bumped it three thou. Okay, so I'm I'm pretty close um, from once. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's virgin. So either way, I'm it grew six thou. I'm bumping it three or four thou, right? So I'm splitting the difference basically of what it grew. Um, you know, math and shit. I suck at it. Um, thank God for digital calipers. Holy shit, and calculators. Uh, that's what I'm going to do there. But also one of the things I want to touch on with the Varget, I'm not the Varget, with the Alpha Brass is that, you know, a lot of people have complained about this. They're saying, hey, I paid this much about for this brass. I shouldn't expect to have to do this with Virgin Brass. I found that the large percentage of the necks right there at the case mouth, untouched brass, if you run your finger down a case neck, you catch a pretty gnarly edge right there with your fingernail. Like, I don't really want that going in my chamber. So I chamfered and deburred all 300 pieces. Poor Jeff, he bought 800 pieces and he's shooting, uh, he, he's shooting alpha brass all virgin until all 800 are shot, and he's um, uh, he's having to do all, going to have to do all 800 before it's all said and done. Um, but also the primer pockets and everybody knows alpha primer pockets are tight. That's no secret. Now, the only experience that I've had with alpha brass is the 25 Creedmoor brass that I think even they know and admit that they did the primer pockets too small. Um, those were an absolute bitch to prime. I mean, I'm talking about twice fired were a bitch to prime. I'm talking about pocket uniformed and twice fired were a bitch to prime like loading the uh, priming them on my t7 turret press flip the little little uh priming arm over and all that stuff and doing it in the press holy shit by 20 rounds primed i was literally sweating in my reloading room a completely air controlled you know air conditioned room i'm sweating having to just really ram my shoulder into that um uh ram uh press handle to get it to actually seat all the way um so the 25 cream or brass was definitely as far as primer pockets go was definitely not a good example of what you want primer pockets to be but they hey they do this on purpose 
to primer pockets are first thing to go on a piece of brass. So your little pool of brass, your primer pockets are going to go loose before your next giveaway most times. Um, so they do that to help combat that, you know. Uh, I've never gotten more than like three firings out of a piece of the pool before I just pushed it to the side because I went over to fire. Uh, I had shot 6.5 Creedmoor, um, the pool of brass once fired and then just started shooting that in my 25 Creedmoor before I gave up on that piece of shit barrel. Um, that wasn't the brass's fault. That was the shit blank. Um, uh, the company will be left unnamed. Um, anyway, so these, when I, the first three of the Dasher brass that I primed, I was, I think I picked the easiest three out of the box of 100. Cause I primed three. I said, Oh shit. Those, those feel like virgin, the pool, right? That's, they must've fixed the primer pocket thing or loosened them up or whatever. Well, that was then when I got to the fourth one, I was like, Ooh, that one crunched a little bit. And, uh, some, you know, the, the cup shavings, you get silver cup shavings come out, uh, from underneath your uh, primer pockets. Uh, and so I ended up uniforming all of the primer pockets as I was chamfering and deburring them. Thank God I did not chamfer and deburr all of them before figuring that out. So I did it all at one time on my little Hornady, uh, case prep station thing or whatever, motorized case prep and yeah it just it just took up some time and and they do seat a lot better you still get a couple of them that are a little little tight uh but i have since moved to a hand primer and it does seem to work a little bit better um i've always been apprehensive of hand primers uh ryan hayes freaking experience almost scared shit out of me about i've had a primer go off on my press but that's just one primer that was because my primer arm swung down with a primer in it and popped at the bottom of my press, burnt my finger, and scared the shit out of me, and busted up the uh, primer um, little sleeve thing on my press. I had to get a new one of those. It it blew that all to hell. But you know he had a whole bunch in a tray go off, and he had shit all over his face, his arms, his hands. That scared the shit out of me. But I've said, mm, fuck it, I'm gonna try it. Um, but yeah, so the the alpha brass. You know, I've found that happy medium, I guess, between Virgin and I, I can run them. I found what the load for Virgin is and I found what the load is for once fired. So now all there is to do is just shoot them all up and just change my, my um, inputs in my Kestrel for my velocity. Um, a thing I do want to touch about that I did, I did uh, think of and touch on in the first recording of this. Uh, when doing load development. You need to pay close attention to your trigger pulls. And by that, I mean you need to learn to recognize, even at 100, when you throw a shot. Meaning, like I've got, I've shot so much at 100, and I don't even like shooting at 100. I'm not particularly an awesome uh, group shooter, I should say. Uh, pinning on the cartridge, you know, averaging point threes, you know, but the thing is me, I can shoot five groups that are point three or under, and then the six group shoot same, same ammo, same that I loaded right behind the other, nothing's different on anything. And then shoot the same thing, half inch. And it's 100% me. The thing is that I can call it before I even see the hole in the paper 
I know that up, I, I pulled that one or I yanked that one or I broke it when I didn't want to, uh, whatever, the mirage is bad. You need to be able to know when you make those mistakes because you need to take that consideration when shooting, uh, when, when doing load development. So you shoot a five, I don't shoot three shot groups for low development. I shoot five shot groups in multiple ones to verify, you know, the, the, you can all, I've, I've got a couple loads that I found that would literally three, the first three shots were one inside of the other, meaning the fucking diameter of that hole did not get any bigger than two, four, three, basically. And then four and five were all good trigger pulls, but they grouped together they grouped about a half inch to the right or a three quarters inch to the right. That's not a load that I want. So I keep it moving. I keep, I, I keep trying, all right, maybe it's a seat in depth, maybe making sure, checking my rifle, make sure everything's good, make sure there's no contact with the barrel, make sure I've got all of my brass, um, that none of them were heavy bolt close because if you have a, a heavy bolt close, meaning a brass was um, undersized, you didn't size it enough, you didn't knock the shoulders back enough, and it's very tight in that chamber, that can cause a flyer. You need to make sure that it's not just, uh, you you know, that you need to separate whether if it's the load that may cause that flyer or that group to open up, or was it the shooter, was it me? And be honest, you're not doing yourself any favors by saying, oh, well, that was just a shit group, I need a, a, a shit load, I need to keep, no, you're then you're just going to be wasting powder and bullets and time. You you could probably just go load that that group that uh that charge weight again and shoot it again. So that way that you know I'd rather shoot five rather than another fifteen, trying to search for another uh load. So know when it's you and know when or and, and know when it's the the load or the rifle or maybe it's something is wrong. Check your scope base. Check this. You need to go through your checklist making sure. You know, those first three were all in one. What caused them other two to go so wide out, you know? Um, and and because I've had that happen with multiple rifles and multiple different loads. And then I found the right one to where, well, that didn't happen. So I would go and go load up another five and the, literally the same thing. It would be three in one hole, two were in one hole, but the, the other hole was like, you know, 0.6 inches away from the first ones all right so you, that's not your load you do not want that and don't go do load development with three shot groups either um and then when you shoot a, what i do is i shoot a five shot group um and and check the numbers the s the spreads the the extremes i i look at extremes i care more about extreme spreads than i do about standard deviations but the standard deviation is what the typical uh you know, validation, I guess you would say, of the load that people use today. I pay more attention to the extreme spreads, really. That's what I care about the most. So, um, you know, I'll shoot it again with 10 rounds to then verify how good that spread is, right? Um, 10 rounds minimum. I'll, I get a load, boom, I land on... 31, seven grains of Varget, it gave me an SD of two. Okay, that's five. I'm going to go, I'm going to load at least 10 more of 31, seven. Go do it again. Make sure the groups weren't a fluke. Make sure that the spread wasn't a fluke. Because I've had it to where a five-shot group, I had an SD of three. Ten-shot group, my SD went up to like 11. 
Okay. You need a bigger sample than three or a five or five. So, you know, you find it with five, you verify it with more than five, right? Um, so don't just go and I ran into that with my 25 BR a lot. Um, I ran into that with groups. I shot a great group, went and reloaded again. I loaded like 15 more of that load. The next three loads were all identical to each other, but completely different than the first one that made me land on that, that node or on that charge weight. So I kept it moving with the, with the load development. Um, it was a, it was a flute group. I accidentally shot a perfect, a great group. Um, so that's things to, to take into account. I went to a little more detail in, on this one than I did in the first recording. So Merry Christmas. Um, uh, let's see. So yeah, I'm going to shoot these one Oh fives until they're all gone. And then, um, I'm moving on to 95 SMKs for my normal round that I shoot. Um, and when I get my, whenever I get a, a new dasher barrel cut from my AI to replace one that got stolen, I'm going to be running uh, Lapua brass in that. I'll probably get some hydroform dasher brass, Lapua dasher brass. Um, that stuff, CL has that. And let me tell you, Low development on that virgin hydroform brass, not a single thing changed on once fired. Period. 32.6 grains, uh, 32.4 grains of, I'm not going to tell you the powder because I don't, I don't want to tell you the powder. Was not bargain. Uh, with a 95 TMK or SMK and he got, 31 40 feet per second with it and is i guess would be once fired brass so his second time firing it not a fucking thing changed the groups didn't change the zero didn't change the speeds didn't change the sds didn't change that gun is a fucking hammer with that load good job jeff for firing that load hats off to you um let's see all right another topic we're done with my dasher y'all don't care more about my dasher Oh, okay. All right. Solids. Now we had some, a little bit of fun today. So Josh Coons, Patriot Valley Arms, he has released his 30 cal solids and they are, there's three different 30 cal solids. Okay. For all different, they hit all different, uh, weight, um, ranges. Um, they all need at least a nine twist, which isn't that out of the realm of the norm now in 2020 of nine twist, 30 cal barrels, even for 308, um, especially for your bigger like Magnum calibers. But, uh, let's talk about them a little bit. This you've heard me mention before. This is a Seneca line or Seneca line. I keep saying it wrong. It's a Seneca line. Um, there's a 198 that has a documented past a mile G7 of 430. <clears throat> Do you hear me? 430 G7 in a 198 class bullet. That's retarded. That's dumb. That's that's awesome for a 198 bullet. The 212. Okay. The 212 has a Four four seven G seven, a four seventy G seven. 
Um, that's the same BC as like a lot of the 375 caliber solids. That's impressive. And then the big bitch, who's named Big Bertha, the 241 grain Big Bertha, 241 grains. It is a G7 of, it's not documented yet, like, ver I should say, not verified yet, but it will be, and it's been dead on every time, of a G7 of 550 out of a 30 caliber. A 241, 30 caliber. That's ridiculous. That's bananas. That's, that is absolute bananas, Gwen Stefani. Um, it's B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Uh, and he is loading all three bullets, all three of them, in a 300 Wisdom in a long action in a box mag. And they're, I promise you they're jumping 20 thou. He's loading them all in a box mag in a 300 Wisdom, which is a, obviously no short action cartridge, but running them a bullet that damn long. Uh, run them in a long action and they're feeding like a champ um to uh, right now he's got i think he's running a 10 percent discount on like a, like a launch sale but he's also told me tonight that uh earlier this evening that he's gonna be running a special on like a barrel bullet combo like you buy a barrel for these uh then there's like a, i don't know what the the details are he'll be releasing that but uh check the website patriotvalleyarms.com um, there'll be, uh, I'm sure there'll be a link on there sometime soon about, uh, like a, a barrel bullet sale special going on. It's going to be epic. Um, if you're into ELR stuff, this is right up your alley shooting 30 cal. Um, there, so it's not just 30 cal that he's doing. So today me and Jeff shot, went out to the range, um, at Pactolus precision shooting in its infant stages. And we shot some of the 95 grain Seneca solid, six millimeter solids. Now, now mind you, there was no load development done with this. So Jeff shoots a 95 grain SMK. Well, he took his charge weight in virgin alpha brass, untouched. Like he didn't even run them in a mandrel. Like Jeff is like, he hates mandrels. Like he doesn't believe in them. It's, it's flat earth to him. All right. He does not run a mandrel. So, Virgin, right out of the box, alpha brass, 32.6 grains of the secret powder, which is not a big secret, but I don't want to go throw it out there on a podcast. Everybody start buying it up. Um, and jumped them 20 thou. That's all he did. So same load as his 95 SMKs, jumped them 20 thou. And his zero didn't change from his SMK load. They were sub half inch. I mean, they were they were below half inch, and then we shot him out the distance, which he only had a handful of them. I think we had like fifteen of them. Five of them went to the hundred yards, and he shot a group at six hundred. That was probably a three and a half inch group. And I mind, this was boom impact, boom impact. This was like no taking time. This was like like he was running a, a stage, um, and then the same thing at nine hundred eighty yards, and that group was. Uh, I don't remember what size it was. We didn't we didn't have a measurement. We were just like ballparking it, but it was literally just hold up on the plate, boom, 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 and um, man, those things were bad, son. And I think it took him six point eight mils. Now, mind you, the difference is 
they were running slower than his 95 SMKs. His 95 SMK load is like right now with the Alpha Brass. Um, it's in his Lapua Brass, it's uh, 3140. And he's running them, the, they're running the same load, still shot, and it shot equally well, spreads, groups. It just the velocity was a little bit low. It was like 3110, 3115-ish. He was getting 3048, I believe, out of uh, out of the solids. So he could bump up a little bit of powder to maybe pick up some of that velocity. But that's at the muzzle. The thing is that BC, it that bullet has a 290 G7 for a 95 grain bullet. That's pretty damn good. I mean that's that's good on all accounts. And I mean that's right there at the 109 but you are not going to run a 109 in a normal in a dasher or what you can run these bullets at and you get the same wind deflection um it's carrying at a thousand yards it carries about 200 feet uh per second more velocity than his 95s do at a thousand um so even with it going about 100 feet per second slower well 70 feet per second slower at the muzzle it's going 200 feet per second faster at a thousand so um he's gonna bump it up and play with a little bit but man those those bullets are the real deal dude like i can't wait uh, mine should be here tomorrow um and uh i'm gonna play with him a little bit i'm not gonna be able to play with him for the match uh the match is just too close it's uh next not this coming weekend but next weekend the guardian got canceled we'll talk about that a little bit the guardian that was scheduled for uh, the last weekend of March. It uh, it was announced today in email uh, that that was canceled due to this coronavirus shit, and you could either get a refund, they they would refund you within minutes, or you could transfer it to any other future guardian that you wanted to, and then you also get a hundred dollars worth of free raffle tickets. So that's pretty cool. Um, Gary and them guys. If they're all but forced to do it, um, especially given, you know, of what the Guardian match is for and what it's about. They don't want to, you know, subject anybody to something that they can't control. So the safe bet was to to do it. Um, hopefully the war match in, in West Virginia. So if anybody of powers that be that are listening to this podcast, I hope to God you are. Please don't cancel that match. I need it. I need the retreat. And it's not even, the, I need to shoot the match. I need to redeem myself from eating a bucket of dicks at the frontline fury i i also just need the retreat i need the, the bro time five and a half hour road trip in some of the most beautiful part of the country the western virginia and west virginia um i, I absolutely love that going taking that trip uh so I, I need it um but anyway uh one other topic i wanted to bring up you guys um going back to the um the range, the uh, uh, Pactolus Precision Shooting Range. We, uh, man, there was some some work has been done out there, guys. Money, a lot of money has been spent and well spent, in my opinion. I, if you had just picked me up and dropped me off there, I wouldn't have known I was there. Like, if you blindfolded me and dropped me off, I'd, like, I'd have no idea where I am. And I've been out there a hundred times. So much has changed. Um, and it's awesome. And hopefully this coronavirus shit will go away and we can possibly get some shit together and, and have it, you know, ready by that May, June time frame. Uh, but we shall see. Um, 
we did go into detail about me and Jeff were on the phone this morning for a while about uh, he was doing some uh, steel target shopping about different sizes, shapes, and we had to take into consideration the distances that we had to work with, the kind of stages that we were going to do, and what kind of targets would be appropriate, and also what targets would be fun. Fun shapes, animal targets, goofy stuff, hard stuff, new stuff, uh, spinners, pop poppers, all kind of stuff. And, you know, way, different ways of hanging them, T-posts, um, uh, A-frames, uh, like actual T, like uh, 4x4s in the shape of a T with tar targets hanging down or pipes in the shape of a T hanging two targets down. All different kinds of, of, of uh, target hanging uh, options and, and what would be the best to put on them. I want a lot of diamonds, man. Diamonds are heartbreakers. If you don't got your dope and your wind dialed correctly, if you don't have that, you know, dialed in, uh, diamonds are gonna hurt some feelings. Um, you take those four corners off, and uh, <laughs> and it's, you, you start to drop some shots. So we're gonna have some diamonds out there. Uh, but we we've got an idea for a stage. I'm not gonna spill the beans yet. I may do a sneak peek picture of it once we build it and and got it ready before our first gathering our training match or whatever but we've got something fun planned it's not only fun it's going to be funny and i can almost guarantee you you've never been to a match and had this type of target i'll give you a hint is a type of mover but it's not a type of mover of what you traditionally would think you don't go side to side it don't go forward and back it it's going to be some fun shit so um, we're going to, we're going to make it fun. And the thing about it is we don't have to change anything on it, but paint and we can run that same stage in five to 10 different ways. So you could go out there 10 times and not run that stage the same way twice. So that's going to be the cool thing about it. But what I really want to bring up about it is is we want we were you know going through courses of fire of ideas because of you know yardage 600 and ends most of the what we'll have at the at first but of course we we are we do have a long range lane already that we will be utilizing but that as far as the average we'll probably have at first two stages uh past 800 one to a thousand um and the rest of them will be about 600 and in. And what kind of stages and stage ideas would be appropriate for those distances? And, and most importantly, we want to run stages that as a shooter, maybe you've shot something similar. that You shot a stage that you would like to shoot it, but just shoot it in a different way to make it a little more fun. Maybe even more difficult. Or maybe if it was just stupid difficult, maybe it will make it a little bit easier and make it more fun. You know, we want that 60% ability to clean it and then the rest eights and sevens and some sixes. We don't want a whole bunch of twos and threes. We, that's no fun for anybody. That's like those separator, like major separator stages where like a seven is an awesome score. We don't want to do a whole bunch of those, but we do want ones that not everybody's fucking cleaning them. Like that was a gimme meatball stage. We don't want any meatball stages. We want a, a an even course of fire that a seven is a really good score on not the best score but it's a good average score that's that's what we're going for that that's that 
five, between five and seven is the average score um, with some eights and, and some cleans uh, sprinkled in. Um, and, uh, but the thing is that what we want to do as well, though, we want to, I need your help. I want to extend the, uh, opportunity for you to either comment on the Podbean app or send me a message, uh, privately. I don't care either way. It doesn't matter which, I just need your input on the best way, uh, or not best way, but the, um, some stages that you either shot before that you really liked. Uh, either like, hey, I ran this day. I've shot the stage before. I loved it. This is what it was. Bam. Or I shot this stage that I really liked. I think it'd have been more fun if we just changed this. Or something you never seen before, or shot before that you cooked up maybe, and you just don't have the ability to do this. The good thing is we do. We can do this. So you just send me a message or comment the Podbean app, and all of it will be documented. And then I might even name it after you somehow if we end up choosing it and going with it. Um, so give us some stage ideas of something and keep in mind of our distances. So we'll probably be, you know, in that 600 and in um, zone for the majority of our stages. So you just need to submit your idea accordingly. Um but that would be much appreciated. Oh, what else? Oh, yeah, another little, little tip thing that I found tonight. So I don't know. They don't really have that big a following on Instagram, but uh, there's a company called Ridge Precision, and they make different different things, bags and stuff like that. They have a kick-ass idea that I actually got on the, the list the future buyers list or waiting list or whatever. So the owner of Ridge Precision decided to just, everybody's seen the Troust, uh, I don't even know what they're called, but the little hammocks for your tripods. Uh, Troust makes one, Coltac makes a good one. Um, probably a few other people make some. I had recently just to yesterday bought one off a guy off Sniper's Hide that he's got a friend that sews that they're making just a normal flat hammock, right? There's no pocket or no, little like cup holder that's in like the troust one the troust one's pretty kick-ass um but it's expensive um this is 25 bucks on sniper's hide this dude so you just pay pound the money and he gets a bunch of them made and sends them out um but yeah that's cool i just i just bought one yesterday and i saw this and i was like hey i'm i'm getting on it i'll probably mention on the podcast tonight um it's Ridge Precision. You can go to, uh, I don't know, it's ridgeprecision.com. I don't know, but it's Ridge Precision on Instagram. You can Google it. Um, and it is a triangle-shaped bag. So think of the flat hammock, but it's a bag on the inside. So it's probably, looking at the picture, it's probably like maybe three inches thick, I guess you'd say. He used Velcro just because he made it for himself. It is not even on the, it's not, I mean, he's only made one. He hasn't even got it on the website or anything. He just made it for himself to see how he liked it. And everybody's like, fuck, that thing's badass. I want one of those. Now, I don't know the price range either. He hadn't released price range. He, he I don't think he even knows what he's going to price it at yet. Um, according to what a comment on uh, his post on Instagram. But the thing looks kick ass. I think he's going to do, he mentioned he might do it with a zipper. And say, he said the Velcro just easier for him to sew together for a throwaway one, you know, see how he liked it type product for him to use himself. 
I think it's going to use a zipper on them. And zipper or Velcro, one or the other, this thing is badass. So even the troused one, you know, you put something in there like your Kestrel or whatever. Well, when you fold up and move to the next stage, well, it can fall out. You can put your Kestrel or your uh, data book or a pen or your writing the rain paper or whatever else, a, a can of dip or pack of cigarettes or whatever. I mean, it's think of the whole interior dimensions, the triangle dimensions of the tripod legs and that whole thing be that size, but a bag and be like three inches thick. You could fit a whole bunch of shit in that thing and zip it up. It's not going to go anywhere. It'll still kind of fold up or whatever. And, and you move to your next stage or whatnot. And dude, that's a kick-ass idea. I can't believe it's taken this long since these little tripod, little hammock things have come out for someone to make one like that. If someone has made one like that prior to this, I haven't seen it. And you know, then I'm an idiot and didn't know that someone had made it, but I have not seen one with this design yet. And I really, I can't wait to get my hands on it. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, I think it's going to be very cool and handy when you're, uh, you know, at a match and you just want to, I mean, you put your Kestrel in the trouse one. Yeah. Well, then you're going to put it in your pocket when you move. Cause you don't want to, you know, walk however far to your next stage. And then you're like, fuck, where's my Kestrel? And you got to backtrack all the way up to didn't pick it up or whatever. This zip it up and go. Um, and it's going to stay there. It's going to be there, you know, every time you go for it. If you zip it up, it's going to be there. That is perfect. That is epic. And I can't wait to get my hands on it. So just give them a shout out. That's Ridge Precision. Like I said, I don't know what their, their website. I, oh, fuck. I'll just get on Instagram right now because their website is on their, in their bio of, uh, um, on on instagram so let me go all right here they are ridge precision ridge precision i'm glad i looked at ridge precision bags.com that is their that is their business name they are american made veteran owned which is always great um support other veterans um but yeah go give him a like and follow he's got 182 followers i don't know how new his business is but um yeah, go give him a, a follow and just mention to him in the little tripod bag thing that you heard on the Just F and Send It podcast and uh, let him know I sent you. I ain't getting shit for free. He ain't. I, I just told him I'm going to mention it and I said I want one. He said he's gotten on the list. So don't think that I'm getting no kickback or nothing. Ain't nobody giving me shit free. Um, so anyway, go give that a look and might want to get on the list to get that because i don't know if it's man look the trouse thing is nice but it's expensive i think it's like 80 90 or more um if this thing hits that 50 to 40 dollar mark dog he's gonna sell these motherfuckers like toilet paper right now um he's yeah that would be kick-ass feels in that 40 or 50 dollar range yeah i might buy two of them just give us a christmas gift um but the one i got coming um it's cool it's very rudimentary it's still you know plain jane just like a table that goes on there but and it would work but this has got a whole nother level to it with the zipper and the bag uh, storage type uh thing it's got going on um i might give uh might give the one i got away the one i got coming to and you know what i'll do a uh i'll do a giveaway here so if when i get this thing i'm gonna give away the hammock thing i got 25 dollars, but who gives a shit uh I'll give it away. I'm going to come up with some game, cook up some game, and uh, we'll give it away to a listener. 
Um, we'll maybe do like a fucking like subscribe and share type thing to get some numbers up, get some more folks listening to the, the just fucking send it podcast. Um, what else? Okay. Uh, future episodes. So I don't know if it's going to be next week because I know I may take the option of doing a pre assuming that the match doesn't get canceled in, in West Virginia. I may do like a, uh, another pregame pre-match, uh, episode. Um, but if I don't, I may be having a guest. He doesn't even know it yet. I mean, he knows he's going to be on the podcast, but he don't know it's going to might be next week. I'm just going to, you know, let him know, give him a heads up and he'll make the time to do it. I know he will, but it's going to be a kick-ass guest. Funny as shit. We're going to have fun and, and talk a whole bunch of stupid random shit and some precision rifle. Um, he just doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to be recording on the, uh, the road trip. So you're going to get me, Jeff and CL on the podcast, uh, uh, a road trip to West Virginia. We are strategically driving CL's truck because mine, the only way I'm knowing that I can record this thing is to get all three of us on in the vehicle via phone or laptop is to connect my phone via Bluetooth to the truck speaker and microphone, which as I told you in like episode two or something or three, uh, I tried that in my truck and my tires are so loud. Um, I've got uh, some Toyo RT like mud terrain tires and they're louder than shit. Uh, CL still rocking some Michelins on his. We were going to drive Jeff's diesel, but it's a damn diesel, so that's just going to be loud in and of itself. But we're going uh, we're going we're going to drive the uh, the whispering the whispering F one fifty down uh, up there so hopefully we'll get better sound quality and it'll keep the road noise down i just don't know of any way to get all three of us on and everybody be able to hear it well um i could take my laptop and put my microphone but if you remember the debacle of the audio that i had in like the first three or four episodes was my microphone me being too far away from it just sitting up in my stool well you get three of us in a vehicle there's no way we can pass a microphone around um so we're probably going to have to record it that way. You're going to have to live with it. Um, I might just do speaker on my phone. I think that worked pretty well in the truck cast that I did a few weeks back. Uh, we might roll with it that way. Jeff, whoever's sitting in the back seat might just have to lean up a little bit. Um, but it's going to be a kick-ass podcast. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be the three of us, but you're going to be the fourth passenger, right? So you're just going to be quiet as shit you ain't gonna be able to talk but you're gonna be part of the conversation i might not even tell them we're recording i might tell them we're gonna record and i don't even tell them when i do it and just talk because you know i'm sure a lot of it would be precision rifle related but it's gonna be a lot of laughs we're always joking um and it's a lot of fun and it's it's gonna be a road trip and uh and and maybe it's something you can listen to while you're in your vehicle on the road as well and enjoy it um I'm thinking I'm taking my laptop and microphone and headset because uh, I'm going to see if I can't talk somebody that's going to be staying in our hotel shooting a match with us to do a podcast with us. And I think it'll be his podcast debut. Um, I'm not going to spit him out there right now because I don't know if he'll be down to do it or want to do it. But um, assuming he does, you're in for a treat if I get him on uh, the week, maybe do it 
either Friday night before the match or, or the Saturday night after day one. We'll figure it out. Um, did I already disclose this in the last episode? That's Daniel Posey. Daniel, if you listen to this, me and you might rap on a podcast. And uh, so there's no need to keep that sick. I think I already told y'all that I was going to try to get him. But then after the match, I'll do another hot wash. That's my goal is to do hot washes no matter how ugly the match was for me, no matter how well I did. Uh, I, I, I want to share it with you guys because, like I've mentioned multiple times, you know, you're on this journey with me. And we, a lot of us are in the same exact spot in our shooting careers. And I might be able to tell you how I boneheaded a stage to maybe prevent you from doing the same thing at your next match. Or maybe you've done it before. Uh, the same boneheaded mistake that I make, right? So we're going to, we're going to do all this together. And I think you guys are liking that. Um, you know, like always a hey, comment on the, on the Podbean app and, uh, or, or, um, on the sniper's hide thread or shoot me a, a, a comment or a message on, on Instagram or Facebook. I've been getting a lot of, I don't know what it is, man. I've been getting a lot of requests, like friend requests on Facebook from people I don't know, but it seems that like the majority of them, like probably 70% of them, people are like 65 and older or, or friend requesting me. Like, I don't know what it is. Like the people only look, they shoot. It's like, it's got like a random selfie of like looking in the phone and it's like some geriatric dude. Sending me a friend request. I don't know what that's about, but uh, whatever. So, um, yeah, you guys hit me up on all the socials and uh, and the Podbean app, and I appreciate it. And like always, y'all have a safe week. You know, don't go eat no ass of nobody that's got coronavirus. Whatever. We're running out of toilet paper, so, you know, eating ass is on hold anyway. Um, take care, guys. Take care of your family. Help, help your neighbors, help the elderly people around you, the people that don't need to be out there around this bullshit. They're the ones that we need to come together and help. So check on them. Make sure they got what they need. If they don't and they, they don't need to go out, go get it for them and leave it on their damn porch. Tell them to fucking Venmo you or some shit. But, you know, you know where the places you need to go to get all this stuff is the places you're going to pick up this bullshit. So... If you ain't worried about it, if you're healthy, help out the people that really are at risk. That's what a community does. That's what good people do. And if, if I can help in any way, I'm, I'm going to do so. So keep that going, guys. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all for listening. If y'all made it this far, I owe you one of these Mother Earth brewing long weekends. I didn't really get into that, but I'm already an hour 18 in. This is longer than the last one was, so I'm not going to get into that beer. But uh, you know what? Just check it out. Go to MotherEarthBrewing.com. I think you can order the beer. Long Weekend IPA. Best IPA I've ever had on the planet. I'm a big IPA fan. It is my favorite by far. Me and Jeff, this is our beer. Jeff keeps a keg of this shit at his house. It's awesome. Um... I just keep it in the fridge. So go try it out. You can order it, get it sent to you. Thank me later. But if you listen this far, I owe you one. So find me at a match and I'll pull one out the cooler for you. Appreciate it, guys. Peace.